Support for this podcast and the following message come from the folks at Ultimate Bundles. We provide collections of resources at deep discounts during flash sales throughout the year. Discover valuable ebooks, courses, printables, and videos on topics such as homeschooling, productivity, homemaking, health and wellness, building your home business, natural remedies, essential oils, the list goes on and on. Stay informed with the current and upcoming sales at BreakthroughHomeschooling.com follow. Welcome back to the You Can Homeschool podcast, where Pat Fenner and Tracy Hegerman candidly discuss all things homeschooling, the good, the bad, and the brilliant. Go ahead and grab your favorite drink, find a cozy spot, and join this week's lively discussion. Welcome back to You Can Homeschool. I'm Tracy Hagerman, the happy homeschooler, and I'm here once again with the lovely Pat Fenner from Breakthrough Homeschooling. So our topic today that we're going to discuss has to do with videos and how to use videos in your homeschooling. So um, this is a fun way to enhance your homeschooling experience with your kids. So I'm going to start off with some activities where you can use um, video. So one of them that I thought works really well is one of the things that we would do is we would have our kids write plays and maybe you don't want to do that maybe you don't want your kids to write a play but maybe you want them as part of a drama or something to act out a play and I know around Christmas time a lot of people will um, you know use little uh, plays to just put on a little a little show or whatever anyways the whole point is if you're going to do it why not record it And uh, the great thing to do about this is if you have older kids and it's your younger kids putting on a play, get your older child to do the recording so they can be responsible for, you know, setting up the camera. And you can even use your phone. So many phones nowadays have great video features on the phone. Very easy to do. So the nice thing about this is it will provide for you a keepsake that you can look at later on with your kids, you know, as part of their homeschooling experience. And if and if you have older teens, they can also add things to it. So they can add an intro, they can go online and figure out how to add, you know, some other uh, pictures and images um, to put an intro. They can have the outro at the end with, you know, the names going. And that's going to also teach them a, a skill that's so needed nowadays. With COVID, so many of us ended up online and being able to produce little videos is a skill that we need today and absolutely into the future because as we all know, the online is just growing like crazy. So that's one activity you can start with. Um, So Pat, did you have any um, that you used in your homeschool? No, I actually took a whole different approach to this. So I'm going to let you run with the activities and um, and then I'll I'll do my sharing. Okay. (laughs) The, The second way that we used videos that was kind of fun is I like to get sometimes my older kids to either read to the younger kids or to explain something. Maybe it was a math concept or something. And the reason I did this is 
I wanted my older child to be comfortable teaching someone else, just being able to be the person sort of in charge. So to make it fun, you can videotape it. So you can say, you can say, okay, today you're going to be the teacher and I want you to explain your younger sister how to do fractions or, or maybe it's just addition and, and subtracting, whatever it is. And so they would take it a little more seriously just knowing that the camera was on. And it's mm-hmm. not for anyone else but for themselves. So we say, like, take the next 15 minutes and teach your, your younger sibling, you know, this little math thing. And then after the words, they would watch it, have a good laugh. So that's just another really fun way um, to just, you know, play with the video, but also to get your kids comfortable in front of the video. And, and them knowing that it's not going to anyone else but themselves, it just puts them at ease. So that the next time that you're actually wanting to tape something that might go further, they're more comfortable because they've already done it. So it's just setting that habit and it's kind of a fun thing to do. And um, I know that, you know, if they were going to be the teacher, sometimes they might want to, you know, dress up a little bit or, you know, do something, you know, be at a desk, you know, have it set up, whatever. So this is just a little fun thing um, that your kids can do, something that we did. And again, I'm the happy homeschooler, so I like making things fun um, as well as valuable. Um, another thing to do is if, you're, if your child is going for their first volunteer position or their first job and they're going to meet with someone and they're going to get, you know, be interviewed, this is a great thing to practice on a video. So we would kind of mimic the interview and go through, you know, those common steps of coming in, looking the person in the eye. So if you're videotaping, they're looking right at that camera. Where's that camera? Shaking the person's hand. So again, we would do all these things and then we would ask, you know, the normal questions like, what are some of your uh, strengths? What are some of your weaknesses? Um, how do you see yourself fitting in here? And we would tape it, and then they would be able to look back at the tape and talk about some of their answers and say, you know, do, do you think you looked confident when you were speaking, pretending that you were speaking to the manager? And so we'd, we'd sort of do that. And then what we'd do is we'd retape it a second time. So again, and then they could watch it again and see how they improved. And then another fun thing to do with this is I would let them switch places with me. So they could be the person who was interviewing me and mm-hmm. we'd tape it. So that way they had the fun of being the, the boss, the person in charge. And But they were knowing that they were going to do a strong handshake with the candidate. So it's just, again, another fun way of them to practice an interview so that when they went to the real thing, it just made it that much easier because they felt they'd already done it. Another activity you can do is on the first day of school, we would always take uh, photographs of the kids and also measure their their height and sometimes weigh them. You know, just a fun thing to see every year the progress they had. But a great thing is the very first day of school is to just take a video. So now we're not, this episode is not airing at the first day of school, but this could be a snapshot in time that you could just, you know, after today's episode, go home and take some video and say, hey, we're homeschooling. You know, I'm going to introduce each of the kids that are being homeschooled and they're going to tell you what grade they're in and what they're studying. And Or you could plan this for next year too. Just, you know, put the yeah. file that away and when you're get ready for next year. I always see a bunch of these things on Instagram now, like everybody's doing this, you know, with the signs and (laughs) all that stuff. It's great. Exactly. But we, like, I find we get into the mode of homeschooling and we forget to do some of these fun things. And then when you look back later, you're thinking, oh, I wish I'd taken more photos or I wish I had 
or you're looking at them going, what year was that? How old were the kids, you know? So that's another little fun thing to do. And if you have, you know, a child that's really finds this fun, let them do some little snippets. Maybe they want to go outside and explain their garden that they've been planting while they're, you know, doing a selfie and showing their garden. Maybe they want to explain how they take care of their pet. Let them do little snippets, little projects, and then once they do that, they can start learning how to edit their videos. And from there, they can take it on to, you know, adding more graphics and stuff. So it's such a valuable, valuable uh, skill to have um, nowadays. And I know Pat's going to talk more about this. And I know Pat has a son that has made a whole career about this. So I hope I hope you talk about that. Pat. <laughs> um, so the last activity I wanted to mention was a really fun one that we did is when the kids were younger, we were learning about uh, volcanoes. And so what we did is we blew up a balloon and then we took strips of paper, which we dipped in a common, like sort of half and half water and glue. <laughs> and we mm-hmm. laid them over the balloon onto a, um, I think it was just like a piece of cardboard. And what we were doing is we were using the balloon to help us shape a volcano. Mm-hmm. And we let it dry. It took a couple of weeks because they had way too much fun with that glue and water. <laughs> But we let it dry, and then once we were absolutely sure it was dry, we we basically pierced the balloon, which was inside. Mm-hmm. We left a little hole at the top, and we were able to remove that balloon. came out quite nicely. We painted the volcano. We added little people, a little farm, a little village. And then we, uh, we put, um, I can't remember all the materials to make it erupt, but anyways, you can look that up online. Vinegar and baking soda. <laughs> yes. There we go. Vinegar, That's baking right. soda, and red food coloring if you yes. want it to be like lava. <laughs> and then you recreated Mount Vesuvius because you had these yes. little towns there and boom, they were gone. Yes. But what a fun thing to videotape. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because the kids, I remember... Uh, now, we didn't videotape it, and I regret it so much because I remember them talking about, like, I mean, this project went on for weeks between the, you know, letting it dry and then painting it and letting that dry. And, but then when they finally erupted it, that was the talk at supper with my husband of, oh, you yeah. know, this is what we did. This was so fun. And I wish we had videotaped it because they were just so into it, watching where the yeah. lava was going to go. Oh, is it going to get that little pig that's sitting there? So again, some of those fun moments that you have in, in your kid's life. Sure, a snapshot is great, but a video, it just, it, you know, it it takes... It captures their voice, it captures their excitement, it captures a moment in time and those precious moments that we get to enjoy every day as homeschoolers. When they leave one day, we have those to go back to. Yeah, yeah. So I hope you use video in your in your home, but Pat's going to come with a whole other angle of some of the value of using video in your homeschool. Yeah. Before I talk about that, I want to say while I was listening to you, I remembered a couple of years ago discovering on my oldest daughter's laptop uh, when she used to come home from school when she went away to college and she would come home to visit my uh, youngest son and and youngest daughter uh, they're very tight they're very close and they used and I didn't know this at the time like I didn't know this till years years later they used to make little videos on her computer she has saved them all and they would play with backdrops I guess my son must have been nine which would have made hope like five or or even eight and four, like they were little. And they did this series of videos called Life in the Golden Oldie Days. (laughs) And my son at nine years old was 
pretended he'd put on, and of course he went into theater. He he's he's amazing actor. So he put on his like old man kind of voice, and he would be telling his little granddaughter, who was his sister, just four years younger than him, about life in the golden oldie days. And they had a whole series of videos on this on on my daughter's laptop. And I'll tell you when I. I used to overhear them playing that sometimes in her room, but I didn't realize they were recording it. And when I discover this, I mean, talk about, like, that generation being comfortable in front of, like, technology and and all this stuff. It was hysterical. It was hysterical. (laughs) So that is definitely... Now, we didn't use that. This isn't really using it in your homeschool, so that's a little digression, but... (laughs) No, but I but I think what you're saying makes sense is taking those snapshots in time. And and like the la the very last thing I wanted to mention is that using the video helps your kids get comfortable public speaking because yep. they can start with the camera. And I know that I've done a lot of live events public speaking and I actually find the camera more difficult than the public speaking. So if you can get them um comfortable like in front of a, a you know, a camera, they'll probably find it even easier um, mm-hmm. in front of public because you can interact in public but to a camera that camera's not doing much <laughs> no it's not I know you, you can make a joke and get some feedback you can meet somebody's eyes who who's getting what you're saying and be encouraged yeah none yeah. of that's in the camera <laughs> yeah. so so it's a so valuable so valuable yeah yeah well I took a slightly different approach about video rather than actually um, creating them I looked up some amazing sites where you can get video either either pre-recorded or online courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of this, I really wouldn't recommend this as your go-to for younger kids. My blog, Breakthrough Homeschooling, is primarily focused toward middle school and high school. These are amazing, um, and we will have I'll have links to some of these and stuff, and more. Disc- you know, the descriptions in the sh- show notes. We'll have extended show notes. So there's different different things that you could do. There's academic, and then there's like skill kind of courses. What Tracy was talking about about like learning how to edit and things like that. There's a site called I don't know how you say this, but it's PH Learn, but it'll, oh, it's one word. So learn I don't know <laughs> I don't know but they focus on like photography teaching photoshop doing editing of both video and photos anything that's video or photography they have courses on that another one is skillshare which also has a section for photography and editing there like it's a non-academic skills like how to start an etsy shop you know and how to do things like that which can be lucrative for your team if you have a crafty team by the way but that's just a side note. <laughs> Quill is a site that just focuses on writing. So if you have a teen who is coming up to like taking the SATs or some, you know, or, or college applications, and you're not quite sure about their writing skills, and you might not feel competent or equipped enough to to actually help them, Quill just focuses on writing and courses by, taught by writers. I mean, so it's a very good uh, resource there. Code Academy is just what it says. Oh, actually, it's Code, Code Academy. Code Academy. And they do all kinds of courses for that, for, for technical kind of stuff, tech stuff. Of course, some of your older teens in, this, in the day and age, the times that we're talking about, might not, probably could teach some of them through Code Academy, but... One of the things that happened during the pandemic is the amount of like interaction, interactive live courses and live experiences that homeschoolers can have. And, you know, learning code 
ideally is done like during an apprenticeship, you know, with someone who does that. But as a second best, you can learn it some, you know, some way like this with Codecademy. One of the things I absolutely adore is uh, Coursera and specific Ivy League schools have both uh, pre-recorded and live streaming courses available for free. Uh, and many of these are free, and I'll, I'll note in the show notes which ones are free and, and which ones might have a, a small cost, but none of these are really breaking the bank. But Ivy League schools, you know, MIT, and gosh, there was about, I think there was about six or eight of them, you know, free courses. Now, you will not get their college credit for it. You won't get that. But if you are putting together, and we should have an episode on this, if you're putting together a teacher-created course, uh, and you can do this for even things like, you know, algebra or the sciences or whatever. You can include this training. And the really cool thing about it is because you have to keep track of everything, when your student does apply to uh, college or, or career, whatever they're doing, and, and these courses are noted on their transcript or on your backup materials to the transcript, they'll see that they were, wow, they were really motivated, you know, and able to handle these. You know, not everybody can go to uh, Yale, you know, or Harvard, but you can take a class from them that they offer and, you know, benefit from what you learn. So those are, those are pretty, pretty cool things. And Coursera is, are, are the direct courses from these schools, but they are taught by teachers from these schools. So, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty high bar there. Oh, if math, I'll tell you, math was my bane. It was, <laughs> I'm not a math person. I wish Tracy, wish Tracy would have been in my life when I was doing that. Um, Hippocampus offers courses on specifically algebra and geometry. And so those are like usually the opening kind of math courses in your math sequence for high school. So you can get started with them and move, move on from there. And those, I'll have to double check and I'll, Again, let you know in the show notes, I think those are free as well. I'm sure by now you've heard of Khan Academy, which is just an amazing resource as well. And edX, which has over, uh, well, as of this recording, I think they have close to 3,000 separate courses available, all for free. You can make it part of, you know, a, a good, I think a good uh high school program has part video because you're learning from other professionals, uh, part reading, and, you know, you put together your, your reading list, part actual hands-on learning, depending on the subject, is, you know, that'll depend on, on what it, what it happens, you know, what you do. Uh, and so these are all a good part of that learning process, the, the video. Uh, now, of course, if you can get a live person and do you know, some kind of workshop or job following or something like that or apprenticeship, that's that's even better. But at least you have this learning if, if that's not available to you yet, you know. So mm-hmm. so those are, um, there's also, oh, also YouTube has a whole section of learning. It's their education line. And, um, and I'll put the link to that. It wasn't so easy to find in search, but I was able to locate it. And they have really different ones. They, you know, they have a series. What, one of the things I love about them is they have a series of, they call them uh, physics girls. And they're all, because, you know, sometimes sciences and girls, uh, stereotypically, because I'm not, I don't want to 
you know, girls are smart, we can do this. But they're not really encouraged in sciences. And um, these are all really smart girls, and it's all girls and, and young women, talking about physics topics and showing, like, like Tracy was talking about the volcano. So they will, like, actually show a concept in physics, you know, and record it in the video. And it's awesome. It's great. There's also another one I, I really enjoyed was uh, Black Women Authors, and it was a series on Black Women Authors. Uh, so there's a lot of really interesting snippets and, and interesting threads on YouTube to kind of round out your students' learning. And, of course, you can have them do reports or summaries on these videos. Like, I'm not suggesting that you just have your kids develop a consume, 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 you know, approach. Mm. Consume and use. Consume and use is, is I think, a healthier approach to to video learning. So show you know show them how they can have a book study. Maybe if you, for example, if you have your child read about the black women authors, then you know see if they can pull a book study together with some other peers and talk about some of these books. Uh, you know that's just one example. So anyway, there's a ton out there, and you don't want while you don't want them just sitting there glued to the computer. It is a wonderful resource to get wisdom and uh, learning from professionals that you might never have access to otherwise. Yeah, I, I love that, Pat, because I'm thinking back, like a lot of times when we were studying the sciences, mm -hmm. you know, we were studying the clouds or we were doing experiments or that, we'd be using books and they'd go through it all. And then at the end, I'd say, okay, Oh, let's say we were studying tornadoes or whatever. I, and and I, I wouldn't tell them in advance, but I'd say, okay, put your books away. And then way back when, I'd take videos out of the library. Okay, it's right. a long time ago now. But as they got older, of course, the internet and Google and everything. But I would say, okay, I've... And usually I would pre-look them up so we weren't wasting a lot of time just, mm -hmm. you know, sitting there streaming stuff. But I would look them up and I would say, okay, the last five tornadoes in Canada or something. And then we'd look them up and, you know, there's always people taping something. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it would be a nice way of reinforcing what they had learned. So if they were studying clouds and they had studied, you know, the different types of clouds and sometimes I've had them draw them out. Okay. Like mm -hmm. um, we've studied, there's, you know, I don't, I can't remember how many cloud formations and I'd have them draw them out. And I'm like, let's go look now mm -hmm. online and see, let's look up the Cirrus clouds. Let's look up the different clouds. And then they would actually see them. And I found it cemented. Yeah for them. But because they had done the work themselves first, trying to study it in the book, trying to draw them out, and then, you know, having that last piece, I think the order is really important that you don't just rely on the videos that you have them do the legwork first. But we did that so much and they loved it. It was a nice way to round out the learning. And even with experiments, sometimes they do experiments and sometimes they didn't always work like they oh. should have. <laughs> But that's learning too. Like, what did we do wrong? Or maybe one of our materials was old, so it didn't do the right thing. Or, mm -hmm. But then afterwards, we'd look up experiment with, and you can almost find everything oh, yeah. online. And then you can watch, again, you know, the same experiment and see what was the same and what was different. So that, that mm -hmm. like, you're talking about the use of videos can be so valuable. Wouldn't say rely on them totally. Right. But to round out your learning, they're mm -hmm. such a valuable resource. Right. 
And as you get older, you know, like things like, I guess, well, okay, math is the first thing that just jumps to my mind. Like, there's not many math experiments. So, you know, and when you get into high school, you're not going to find like fun algebra videos, you know, kind of thing. So there's a time and a place for that, you know, but you have to really assess that. But I think videos are really helpful for definitely for a visual learner. You want to incorporate that somehow so that they can actually see it. Of course, the hands-on of actually doing Mm-hmm. But then uh, watching, which kind of removes them a little bit, but like like Tracy says, but kind of cements the learning, is I think really important. One thing I should have prefaced with: never, I would never just plop your kid in front of a video. Like don't don't go by the title and say, okay, do this one. Like I would, of course, you know, you're homeschooling, you're a busy mom, you don't have time to go through the whole course, but at least watch. Maybe the first lesson, or if they have an introduction, always preview. If you're on YouTube, totally preview, because just actually, if you're on YouTube, I would suggest really watching with them, because you're not going to have a whole course on YouTube. You you know, they're just going to be snippets of things and uh, ads and stuff like that. Plus, it kind of gives a nice activity for you to do with your teen. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I, I would usually vet um, the night before if I knew, okay, we're going to do tornadoes tomorrow, we're going to look it up. Because one of the things is I didn't want to waste time right. during our homeschool because then they get you know distracted and trying to get them back in. So I wanted, even though it might take me 10 minutes the night before, it wasn't taking away valuable homeschooling time where they're on task. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and t- trust your judgment too, just because somebody says, oh, this is a great course, like even your best friend says, oh, this is a great course, you know, my kids love this for, um, you know, for biology or whatever, like that doesn't mean your child's going to like it. So, I mean, it is good to get, you know, people's suggestions. Sometimes, you know, it's just like for a writer, the worst thing is having that blank piece of paper in front of you. You know, for a homeschooler, the worst thing is knowing, is not knowing like where to start with the search. But still, you still want to vet because you know your child best and situation and stuff. I, I just want to add as well, like um, sometimes you explain something to your child and you can tell they're just not getting it. And, mm-hmm. and oftentimes math can be like that. And so you feel like, okay, I'll explain it a, a different way, but they're still not getting it. That is one of those key times where maybe somebody else, the way they explain it is going to click with your child. So I know my son, when he went to university in engineering, some of the math courses, pretty high level courses, he was like, I remember I took this, but I didn't really understand the use. So most of the time, rather than using his university textbook, as they did subjects, he would go look them up because he wanted to know the application because that's how we had taught. Like if you're doing this math, what's it for? Okay. So you have this formula, big deal. What's it for? So he had continued that into university. So when he was doing a topic in math, he's like, okay, okay. Yeah, great. But what was it for? So he would often Google that and boy, did that ever cement it in his brain. He said, then when he was working, he understood, oh yeah, I can use this math to do this type of coding or whatever. I don't understand it so beyond me now, but um, I know he regularly did that and found that really helpful to search by topic and by application. Right. I mean, definitely that the amount of knowledge that is being made available to us on the internet is just like it makes my brain explode to think you know so really you want to be careful you know how you're searching and be very intentional 
But it's amazing, like the things that you would not imagine that would, yeah, they're on the internet. <laughs> so. And and also sometimes I, I met families that have like a lot of kids and they'd like their kids to do like music lessons or something. And, and sometimes from a budget standpoint, that's it's not possible. But now there's a lot of free, uh, you know, learn to play guitar, or learn to play uh, piano or whatever. So that's another avenue as well. And, and you know, I always find it much better in person, even with music, but sure. it's a good way to vet whether they really and truly have an interest that they're mm-hmm. going to go beyond lesson five and then be so into it. And then you know that, okay, that's a valuable place to put some resources because that particular child really excels in a particular area. So that's another thing to do as well. That's a great idea to just vet their interest. I, I love that. Yeah, because one of the things you said, and I know homeschoolers have been given the moniker of cheap for a long time and that really kind of gets under my skin I mean on one hand you can understand most of us you know most homeschooling families were uh, single income and, and many of them still are but now with more online businesses and the the ability to to work online there are a lot of you know two income it's possible to work while homeschooling basically but you know free is nice and sure you can look for free. But I I just want to put that caveat out there to not rely on that. I mean, there are times, and you know, Tracy just alluded to that, there are times when it is worth putting the money in and finding, you know, we, we can pay for what we value. Yes. And, and we just, we find the money, you know, somehow. And certainly your child's education is valuable and it's worth it. So, uh, you know, free might be a great way to introduce something to assess interest like you said um but you know don't 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 use that as your only qualification yes or <laughs> anything in your homeschool yeah absolutely so, anyway okay so that was that was a freebie <laughs> <laughs> free advice <laughs> So, so that's all I, did you have anything else? No, I think, I think it's just, again, it's another tool that you can Mm -hmm. use in your homeschool that can super enhance it, um, or can take over. So again, it's like everything else, there's a place for it and a time for it. And I think it can be super valuable. And, um, so I hope you do use videos in your homeschooling experience and Mm -hmm. that you super enjoy your homeschooling because it can be so fun and fabulous. That's right. That's right. So we'll have extended show notes with all the links that we've mentioned. And uh, I'll also kind of summarize the the, um, suggestions that Tracy had to just in case you weren't able to take notes while you were uh, listening to this episode. So thank you for being here with us. Um, We love being here every week. So go ahead and follow us. I'll put the uh, link in the show notes as well so that you can uh, get notice of every episode that drops uh, when it drops and um, we love to have you here week to week so thank you we'll end up now and Tracy of course why don't you just repeat that wonderful bit of encouragement that we leave you with so enjoy your homeschooling enjoy your kids have fun with it learning is awesome and you moms you keep learning too yes (laughs) enjoy your week bye bye everybody up another episode of the you can homeschool podcast 
Thanks for joining us for another Candid Conversation. For more information on life-changing books, courses, and coaching services, or if you have a homeschooling topic you'd like to hear discussed in a show, check our show notes for how to reach out to Pat and Tracy.